Hello there! Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host CC Wong, and you're listening to my interview podcast, where I chat with people from all walks of life to hear their stories and to share insights we can all learn from. On today's episode, I'm interviewing a superwoman. We've all heard of the Ironman races, of how grueling it is. It's one of the most difficult one-day sporting events in the world, in which participants start with a 2.4-mile swim, followed by a 112-mile bicycle ride, and rounded off with a marathon run. Now, the average Ironman finish time is 12 hours and 49 minutes, but Canada's Miranda Tomlinson completed it in just a little over nine hours at Ironman Kazumel last year, earning her the number one spot in the 2021 World Ironman ranking, women's 35 to 39 age category. Miranda is a former professional triathlete, but had a devastating knee injury in 2015, and now competes as an age group athlete while running her own performance and wellness company, where she coaches other triathletes. I'm very happy to have Miranda with me here today to tell us how she conquered the Ironman races, pushing her body to the limit, and her personal story of why she became a triathlete. Welcome, Miranda. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today, and congratulations on being named the top female triathlete of 2021 in your age group. Were you happy with your finishing time at Ironman Kazumel? Yes, I had been working to do a personal best time in the Ironman since my first race in 2013, and、um, on that day, you know, I didn't know it was a last-minute entry. Because my previous race had been canceled, so I didn't know how my fitness would be, plus conquering the hot temperatures. So I was really happy that I was able to make a personal best time of 22 minutes、uh, on that course. You mean your personal best time, as in you improved it by 22 minutes? That's right. Yes. I see. And、um, if it was a last-minute race, were you working towards another race? Yes, so I was working towards California Ironman, which was in was supposed to be about a month prior, five weeks prior. But the morning of, they canceled the race due to a fluke weather、uh, event. They got what was called a bomb cyclone that day. So it was about six degrees Celsius and pouring rain. I think they got somewhere like a hundred and fifty millimeters of rain. And the wind gusts were up to eighty kilometers an hour. So definitely, Ironman made the right call. <laughs> But they ended up canceling the race the morning of. And you know, with with COVID, a lot of the my races were canceled. So I had really been gearing up towards this one、um, to have a really good day. So、uh, I decided at the last minute. Well, here's there's there's one in Cozumel. So. Uh, I, I'll try my best and and do with the one there instead.、Mm-hmm. And how was the condition at、uh, Kazumel? It rained, but it, and it was hot, but、uh, very little wind. And overall, it was a pretty good day.、Uh, not too much sun, overcast,、um, mm-hmm. fair fair weather conditions. You really never never know what you're going to get in these in these races. <laughs> yeah. But I know that the condition varies based on the place, as well as the you know the water condition, but、uh, whether it was the ocean or the river, because you guys run in all sorts of conditions, and there's so many different Ironman races happening、yes. all the time, right? Yes, yeah, they're yeah. all over the world, pretty much almost all year round. I see. So at Kazumo, what were the different、um, legs of the race like? 
So the the swim was in, it was an ocean swim, uh, but we were with the current. So there was definitely uh, we were being pushed along a little bit, which made for a favorable swim time. I think I swam around forty six minutes for the the three point eight or three point eight kilometer swim, one point two miles, um, and that was definitely current assisted, uh, and that was a personal best by about I think I don't know eight minutes or something like that. So. Uh, so that was, those, that was favorable, but it was a really rough swim. I was getting kicked and, um, someone actually kicked my watch and it fell off and sunk towards the bottom. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So do you guys all swim together in like a group kind of? So we were, we are set off about, uh, five seconds apart, maybe even less. Um, so you, you seed yourself sort of according to your expected finish time. So I was near the front and I was with a group of some fast swimmers. So I was able to draft a little bit, which is allowed in the swim. So you stay on someone's feet or on their hip and they, they give you a little bit of a, of a, a pull, um, plus the current. So I had a good group to swim with, but it was, it was an aggressive swim. <laughs> and what was it like swimming in an ocean? You know, it's, it was a little bit different because the salt water. So if you swallow water, you get a mouthful of salt, which you have to be prepared for. And like any open water swim, you have to make sure you're swimming in a straight line. And that was pretty easy because it was sort of point to point and they have mm -hmm. boys every, every so often. So, um, it was a fair, a fair swim when you've done as many triathlons <laughs> as I have, <laughs> the swim is, is always kind of a little bit of a surprise. So you have to, you know, be a little bit flexible with the conditions that you're going to deal with. I see. So out of the three different sports events of the triathlon, which one uh, are you most comfortable with? The swim. Really? <laughs> yeah. The swim's my best leg. I grew up as a swimmer. I started being, I started swimming competitively at the age of 11. So mm -hmm. um, that, you know, the water is like my second home. <laughs> oh man, I'm very jealous of that because <laughs> I find it really hard to just stay afloat in the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how many Ironmans have you done in total by now? This That was number six. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was number six. But you also do like half Ironmans too, right? Yes, I, I've done a lot of half Ironmans, um, but not as many Ironmans. I had knee surgery in 2015. Um, so, and they basically told me I would never really run again. So um, mm. I took a bit of a break to make sure that I rehabbed the knee properly before mm -hmm. getting back into the longer racing. Mm -hmm. And just to give our listeners a sense of how tough the triathlon really is, there's people who run marathons. I've done a half marathon and it was grueling, but like <laughs> how much more difficult is it to do like a triathlon? There's just, there's a lot more complications, a lot more things that can go wrong, a lot more things that you have to be prepared for. You know, in a marathon, if you, if you, if you hit the wall or if you get tired, you can always walk or, you know, pull out. But in an Ironman with running, that's pretty much the only thing that can go wrong. You get cramps and you have to stop. Um, with a swim, you know, there's your swim cap could come off. You could lose your timing chip. Your watch could sink to the bottom of the lake. Um, you could get water in your goggles. Your goggles could break. So, um, and then on the bike, you know, there's a flat tire to contend with or, you know, um, you're going at fast speeds and other people to watch out for. So there's the potential of crashing. So um, you really just have to be. And then the fact that it's, you know, as you said, almost the average finishing time is around 12 hours. So you really need to be able to fuel yourself properly. Um, 
you know, versus a three to four hour uh, marathon. So there's just a lot more, I would say, complications with the Ironman and then being able to mentally prepare yourself to be spending, you know, nine to 17 hours out out on a race course is it's challenging mentally. It's physically challenging. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it can be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It can be yeah. a little bit harder in those in those ways. Absolutely, yeah. So how do you prepare yourself for these um, unexpected factors you mentioned? You can reduce the unknown or the uncontrollable by being as prepared as possible. So, you know, um, leading up to this event, uh, I, I swam in the ocean um, in the few days. I arrived a few days before, so I swam in the ocean. Um, I made sure that I could swim 3.8 kilometers comfortably at one time in, in training. Um, I swam, you know, with leaky goggles in the pool just to, just, just to practice so that I would know what it would feel like. Um, you know, you, you do a few races, a few shorter races leading up to prepare yourself that way. Um, you know, for the bike, for the uncontrollables, you know, you ride with friends outside. So you're, you're dealing with other people and figuring out how to manage riding in a group. Um, I wasted about 10 CO2 cartridges practicing changing a tire before the race. Mm. <laughs> so, so, you know, if, if that happens, um, you know, you can be prepared, uh, on the run, you just train with I trained without a fan on the treadmill. Um, I trained in a lot of layers of hot clothing to prepare myself for the heat. And then I just practiced my nutrition and training and, and did a lot of long training days. I would never do the Ironman distance, you know, prior in practice, but mm -hmm. you can ride, you know, for, you can ride for 10, 10 hours in a day to, to prepare your body. That's a little bit easier than, you know, running for, for as long as you have to running 42 kilometers in preparation, but you can train your body to be able to withstand, um, the, the duration of Ironman by doing a little bit more biking and swimming, which is a little bit easier on your body. Um, I see. so the, the more time you spend and you have to train, the more prepared you can be on race day and, oh, and, and making sure your equipment is, is safe and working properly beforehand. So, um, there's not just, you know, it's not just show up and race. It's, there's a lot of preparation that you have mm. to do before these races, uh, just so that you can reduce the risk of something going wrong. I see. Has anything ever happened on race day that you had to deal with um, at the place? Um, usually there's one or two things each race. Um, <laughs> do you have any stories? Yeah, I've had to pull out of two half Ironmans. Um, one was because I, uh, I was racing a different bike and it had smaller wheels. Anyways, uh, the tire blew. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't change it. Um, I was, I think in third place, uh, tied for third place, uh, with two other girls when this happened. So that was, that was pretty upsetting. I yeah. had to pull out of the race and the day was done. Um, and the mental and emotional, um, response yeah. you have to a situation like that you know, you train for something, you, you put in a lot of money and time, um, is, is very frustrating. And then I had a bike crash. I went all the way to Italy to race and I had a bike crash and I had to pull out of that race as well. So, um, those are a few things, uh, in most of my Ironmans prior to 2021, I had nutritional issues, uh, throughout the run that forced me to slow down. Um, so nutrition was always my biggest nemesis in Ironman. Um, I just couldn't seem to 
anytime I, I couldn't eat enough to keep my body fueled, um, or at least I couldn't digest enough. I was putting the, the nutrition in, but it wasn't getting absorbed into the blood. So my muscles couldn't use it for energy. Right. Because they give you like uh, bars or something, right? Like throughout the race to yeah. refuel yourself. Yes. You can bring your own fuel um, and hydration, or you can use the on course. I unfortunately have a sensitive stomach, so I have to manage uh, my 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 fuel intake uh, very well in order to have a successful day. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the most difficult course you've done? Probably, I did uh, a, Las, a a course in Las Vegas, twenty uh, eleven, and it was only difficult just because of the heat situation. So, lots of climbing, um, lots of hills on the run. Uh, and it was, I think, 38 degrees or something with <laughs> humidity. <laughs> and yeah, that was, um, I was running in second in my age group at the world championships. And I knew that there were girls behind me and my legs just did not want to move forward. And somehow I willed them forward and I, I hung on to that second place. So um, that's probably the hardest race that I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing I want to ask you. How do you train your body and mind to be able to deal with these um, really tough situations, especially when you want to give up or when your legs want to stop? Yeah, it goes back to a few things like physically, you have to be ready, you have to have put in the time put in the training, I train, you know, between 20 and 30 hours uh, a week, um, swim, bike, run and mobility, um, and strength training. So uh, I, I put in the time. Um, and then the other thing is you just have to have a really strong reason why you're doing, why you're doing this. Um, and I think for me is, you know, I just, I want to get the most out of myself as an athlete that I possibly can before I can't do this anymore. Um, I just, I don't want to have any regrets when, um, you know, I, I can't move as well as I can right now. Um, I appreciate so much what my body can do and, uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to ever be the smartest person <laughs> or the best at anything, but, um, and, and, and there's also time for that, for me to develop more, you know, more of those skills, more smarts. Um, I can just read more and do that, but I know that my time as an athlete is limited. So, um, I just want to make sure that every time that I show up on that start line, that I show up in training, um, you know, I make the most of what my body can do because I know that I'm not going to have this, this ability for very long. Mm -hmm. And what is your goal when it comes to the Ironman races? I love to go under nine hours. <laughs> nine hours. The world record right now, um, I think it's seven hours and 40 something minutes. I, yeah, for, for women, no woman has gone under eight hours yet. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, world record, I think you're right, is around seven and a half hours for men. Yeah. Well, that's really tough. I mean, <laughs> that's really, really tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You also competed in Ironman Tulsa and a half Ironman last year. Um, how many races do you generally partake in per year? Usually, I mean, with COVID, COVID's been strange because I signed up for a lot of these races in 2020. Um, and then what happened was the, the, the races were canceled. So then they were deferred. So my originally original plan in 2020 was to do Tulsa and then the Ironman World Championships, but then that was canceled. I don't think that I should be doing more than, you know, one or two Ironmans a year, uh, just because 
it's 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 a lot of the, the training is is grueling on your body and it's just a lot of repetitive movement because you have to put in the time yeah. um so you know ideally i'd probably you know moving forward after this year uh i'd probably want to do you know one iron man a year maybe three half iron mans and then a mm-hmm. bunch of of shorter races we've got a great um racing series here in uh in ontario or a few different racing series here in ontario that put on mostly shorter races and those are a lot of fun to do too so to just prepare for one ironman race how long do you have to train and how much training per week yeah so uh, 20 to 30 for for me um which you know i make a lot of sacrifices luckily I, i don't need as much sleep as a lot of people but um when you're training for an ironman you can't really put in the time the entire year. So the biggest training weeks typically come, you know, between 14 and six weeks before the event. And that's when you're really doing like the long rides, the long runs, the long training days. And the long training days are what really break your body down a a lot. So to be able to train for these events, you just have to be able to put in, you know, that much training about probably for an Ironman, 14 to 20 hours for about eight to 10 weeks before your event. So is being in the top for Ironman mostly just a matter of training and how much you do? It's a little bit of you have to do put in the time and the dedication and the training. Um, you've got to have a little bit of a background. So I, I had a swim background. So I've been doing endurance sports since I was 11. So if you have, you know, if you're genetically gifted to be an endurance athlete or you have a background in endurance sports, you can progress from never having done a triathlon to doing an Ironman fairly quickly. But if you've come from a different background, either a non-athletic background or a, you know, hockey background, then you need to build up that endurance capability. Um, And if you don't have, you know, if you're not genetically gifted in endurance sports, then that takes time. So I think to do an Ironman, you'd need, you know, anywhere from one year to five years to prepare your body to, to be able to handle it from coming from not having done the sport before. I see. And for you, is it just breaking your own record, proving to yourself that you can do it? Well, it's nice to win. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's nice to win. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's you know, it for me is, did I get the most out of myself? I work hard enough that if I was going to win the Olympics, I probably would be there already, I think, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I know that I can do well for myself and I want to keep improving until my body just won't let me anymore. Is there also the runner's high that some athletes feel when they're running the marathon? Is there something like that for triathletes too? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think you get the best, the best runner's high after a run. Um, even when you're training in all three sports, um, the biking, at least for me, swimming and biking, you don't get as good of a runner's high. So I can see why, why runners stick to running. <laughs> <laughs> I see. And what goes through your mind when you're uh, doing these races? For some people, I think they like to dissociate from what they're doing sometimes and think of other things. But for me, I think because I have a performance mindset, I'm constantly doing like a body scan. Like, how do my feet feel? How do my legs feel? Uh, am I eating enough? Am I, am, am I fueling enough? I'm thinking about pacing and all those things. But for the Ironmans, I like to break it down into chunks. And uh, <laughs> so my sister, who's also a triathlete, uh, we were doing a set of, I don't know, five repeats, maybe five by a mile. And she's like, it's like days of the week. 
Monday for this first set, <laughs> Tuesday for the second set, etc. So during my Ironman races, I try to break it down that way. So on the bike, I, bro- I break it into chunks, like 30 kilometers, for example. So then it's like a six-day week. So I go through Monday to Saturday on the bike. And then in the marathon, it's 42 kilometers. So I break it into seven days of six kilometers. So every six kilometers, I'm like, okay, I'm on to the next day. Um, and my sister taught me to do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that really makes the, uh, it breaks the distance down and makes it go by faster. <laughs> I see. You also coach beginner and intermediate triathletes. Uh, for somebody who's never done a triathlon before, where do they begin? Usually for most people, they need to work on their swim first. So I coach a swim group every Tuesday uh, in the High Park area. So that's an opportunity for me to work with new athletes, see how they swim, offer some stroke correction. That's typically where the most most people struggle is, you know, they can ride a bike from when they were younger. Um, they can do a little bit of running, but the swimming is where, uh, yeah. you know, that that's where a lot of the uncertainty comes from. And some individuals do come to me from a swim background and they're like, I'm curious about this triathlon. And then their biggest, uh, thing is getting used to the pounding of the running. Swimmers tend to get injured on the run very easily because they've spent their entire life being, you know, weightless in a pool or their entire athletic career being weightless in a pool. So there's a lot of impact injuries that can come come with that. So for swimmers getting into the sport, you have to be a little bit more worried about injuries happening. Usually the biking, I think, is the the easiest to uh, to pick up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun to be on a bike too. Yeah, Just going exactly. down like a chorus, you know, whoosh. Yeah, because you, you know, you can, if you stop swimming, you drown. If you st- stop running, you, you stand. But if, you know, if you, uh, and then if you stop pedaling, you, uh, you can coast. So you're still moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to hear a little bit about your journey of how you got involved with triathlon racing. You said that you were an endurance athlete and you were uh, trained as a swimmer at the age of 11. And I also read that you were a professional triathlete before switching to competing as an age group athlete. Yes. So tell me about your athletics background. So I started off as a swimmer, um, and then I swam throughout uh, until the end of high school and started out in my first year of university on the swim team. And then my aunt was training for a marathon in the summer um, that I was home from school. So, uh, And my uncle was also a marathon runner. So the influence of the two of them, and my dad had done marathons, and mm-hmm. my parents were active. So the influence of, of them was, okay, I'm going to start doing a little bit of running in the summer. And then I really liked swimming and running. And up at my grandparents' cottage, there was a triathlon, a local triathlon nearby. And I thought, oh, I could do this. And I borrowed a bike and did the swim, bike, run and did the triathlon. And the, the bike was actually the hardest for me. <laughs> Most people, it's the swim or the run. But for me, it was the bike. And uh, I got passed by probably everybody. But I still loved it. Uh, I love that there were three sports that I, I, I guess I like a challenge whenever I'm doing anything. I always, people joke that I take the most complicated path. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I decided to get into it. Uh, not super serious, but I would, whenever I was home from school, I would, I would do a few triathlons. Um, I joined the, uh, the McGill Triathlon Club where I was at, at university 
in my fourth year and I just made some really good friends and it was honestly the community of people that I met that kept me really interested in the sport. We just had so much fun together, going for bike rides, going for runs, swimming together. Um, and these were like-minded people, uh, <laughs> people who, who like a challenge too, like me, they didn't, you know, so, um, that was really, really great. And then when I went to, I went to U of T to do my master's and I continued on with the triathlon club there. When I was done my master's, I was like, well, uh-oh, I'm not a part of U of T anymore. Um, I joined a cycling, uh, another cycling group uh, and found a coach. And I said, I want to be a professional triathlete. And he looked at me kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> He's my husband now. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, I worked my way up and I qualified for my pro card in 20. Uh, to start in 2012. And I ended up quitting my job at the time, uh, moved back in with my parents. So they were supporting me completely as I tried to uh, make a go at being a professional triathlete. And uh, my professional triathlon career ended when uh, I ended up fracturing my patella and getting a whole bunch of damage to my knee. Mm. Um, Actually, I took a year off. I tried to come back to compete as a professional, but Mm -hmm. I just... I couldn't do it. So, um, I had, I was also in school to become a massage therapist, which is my, my other job other than coaching. So after some, my, a disappointing year uh, of racing as a professional being beat by age groupers, I thought, you know what, I want to compete against people who are also working 40 to 60 hours a week (laughs) and have, have family commitments and other commitments. So, um, I'm going to, uh, demote myself back to being an age group athlete because that's I that's the lifestyle that I'm leading and it didn't start out great um you know I I did okay uh but I really started to kind of kind of put the pieces together um in 2019 and uh, I qualified I did another Ironman and I qualified for the Ironman world championships and I progressed over COVID Um, I think I took, I I was able to get my running back to where I wanted it before my surgery. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then, you know, we, we get to Ironman Cozumel. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. We did pretty well. Yeah. Have you always wanted to be an athlete, even when you were a child? I sort of tended towards where my talents lied. So I was good at math and science and sports, (laughs) not, not, not fast sports, but just endurance sports. Like I, I could run, I could swim, um, and it tended to come easier th- than most things to me. So, you know, I guess that's why I gravitated towards athletics. Uh, I tried to play piano. I, I did. <laughs> my, dad, my dad was adamant that, you know, I have to do something. I have to do a musical instrument and I have to try sport. And I found that being involved in sports, you know, I'm sure it's the same with music or any, any other endeavor as a young kid, you're taught, you know, you, you push your body, you're just taught all these life skills that, you know, if you work hard, you're going to get results. Don't give up. If you make a mistake, you can't, you don't get a do over. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is one of the things I was like, my coach would be like, okay, you're going to do backstroke. And I do breaststroke. I'd be like, oh, can I do this one backstroke? And you'd be like, no, you, you can't, you can't make it up anymore. Just move on to the next thing. I found that my role as an athlete helped me develop traits that would carry over into other parts of my life. So, or I was a better student when I was an athlete. I found I was friendlier and happier 
when I was an athlete. You know, it almost sort of was a way to define myself, to find myself. Because, you know, when you're when you're a teenager, you're like, I don't know what's what here. Um, but uh, athletics gave me sort of a focus and it gave me a place um, and it was a certainty. So uh, I think that that's why I gravitated towards it so much um, and why, because it had such a positive impact on my life as a child and going through uh, my teenage years, uh, I felt like it was something that I had to keep as part of my life as an adult. I see. Yeah. So you also coach other people who want to run triathlons. What are some of their motivations for doing this? Most of them is is very similar to mine. A lot of triathletes share common interests, common goals. They like the way that triathlon makes them feel physically, emotionally. They like how it carries over to other aspects of their life, uh, as 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 I felt. So I think they might not be as it might not be as intense a focus as mine. Um, but I do think that there are very similar reasons why a lot of them are involved in the sport. You know, they want to they want to improve and they find it helps them just be better people overall. Um, and then like me, there's the social component. You know, you get to hang out with people who are who are doing similar things as you. And as adults, I find we're very, you know, focused, like we have our family and and friends and we have our career. And sometimes if you do a sport that can be a way to connect with other with other people. And it's a, a positive social activity. We're not getting together and, and drinking and eating. We're going for a run or going for a bike ride. We do a little bit of that. We do a little bit of that too. But after our bike and run. After the workout. Yeah. 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 We, I always try to plan our bike routes where there's a bakery stop so we can stop for like our, our butter tarts or our donuts. Yeah. I mean, it's a very tough uh, thing that you're doing. You better reward yourself. Well. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, so like a lot of triathletes are very good eaters. So probably part of us too are motivated by, Hey, if I can do this, I can eat a lot more junk food. <laughs> yeah. So, um, going back to your, uh, schooling and, uh, your university years, um, what did you do immediately after you graduated? So I graduated with a master's in medical biophysics from U of T in 2009. And then immediately after that, I got a job working at U of T in a, in a lab as a research technician. And we were studying Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis in mice, and using that to understand it, how genetics in humans. And then from there, I went to Roche, uh, and I worked in research and development. We were working to develop antibodies to help with targeted treatment for cancer. When that, that unfortunately got, the project got closed down. So, and then from there, I went to work at SickKids, and we were doing genetic studies um, to help understand growth development of limbs to help children who are born with uh, disabilities that are a stunted arm or stunted leg. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, it was when I sort of decided that I really like the research, but it was very hard to see the impact that it was having on people. And I like to see direct results. So I thought, okay, how am I going to make a difference to people's health and well-being? And I thought maybe I can do it through coaching instead. So I took a step back from the research and thought I this and that was that was time to when I decided to compete professionally in triathlon, and I started my own coaching 
business. Um, I knew I had, I actually went back to school to take courses in nutrition, um, training for sport performance, exercise physiology, just so that I would make sure I had some of the, uh, credentials so that I could translate my science knowledge into knowledge of actually working with athletes. So all of that happened together, professional triathlon, going back to school and starting my own coaching company, which was, I think it was called Miranda Multisport at the beginning. It's had very, it's evolved a lot since then. And, and that felt really rewarding to be actually working one-on-one with people to encourage a healthy lifestyle and to uh, help them, you know, reach, reach their, their, their performance and wellness goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because that wasn't paying the bills when I got injured, I went back to school to become a registered massage therapist and I, I absolutely love it. Um, it's, it's a way to be in healthcare and work directly one-on-one with people to help them feel better. So, um, I feel like with both branches of the, uh, the performance side and the wellness side, I get to help people be athletic and I also get to take care of people's bodies and make them feel better. So, <laughs> so how do you take care of your body um, when you're competing in these races? Yeah, so it's I eat a lot of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> One of my uh, my best friends is also my nutrition coach, and she heavily emphasizes eating a lot of vegetables. You know, you eat your junk, but you eat your vegetables too. So uh, definitely making sure to have a proper diet full of full of vegetables. And I do spend about 45 minutes to an hour doing mobility every day. (laughs) So as you get older, your joints don't move as well, especially your hips. So I, uh, I take a lot of time to just make sure that everything is moving properly. When you have improper movement patterns in your body, it typically leads to injury. So the mobility routine is really emphasizing your proper movement patterns through all the joints in your body, your, your back, your shoulders, your hips, your ankles, your knees, your neck. Um, and so to make sure that those are moving, moving fluidly so that I can go and add load to them with swimming, biking, and running. I see. So that probably helps with people who run a lot, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because I hear a lot about um, injuries, especially when you've been doing marathons for training for a long time. Yeah, definitely. And, and that pops up because, you know, you're loading, you're loading your body and muscles and things get sticky, you're, you're moving in one direction the whole time. So if there's any compromised movement pattern in one area, even if it's unrelated, even if it's in your neck, um, it could affect your, your running. I see. In terms of your business and your triathlon training, how do you juggle and manage your time? <laughs> it seems like a really busy <laughs> schedule. <laughs> and also yeah. your family too, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it comes down to uh, routine and the fact that I don't need a lot of downtime. Um, I prefer to be moving. So, uh, you know, for example, like a day in the life of Miranda is wake up at 4.15 in the morning, do my mobility routine, have 30 to 45 minutes of me time where I'm having, you know, my coffee, my breakfast, I'm checking in on my own training, um, doing my own thing just for me. I don't respond to text messages or emails. I just have that time just for me and for reflection. Um, and then I start my day, whether it's with a workout um, or it's checking in on uh, my athletes and how their training went. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll usually, let's see, then I'll usually have lunch or do another training session. 
Um, and then I'll head in the afternoons. I'm usually at the massage clinic most afternoons. So the mornings are for coaching and then the afternoons are for massaging. Um, and, uh, and then training sort of fits, fits in little blocks in between. I run to and from my massage clinic every day so that I get Mm -hmm. in some extra, extra time on my feet. Uh, so that helps increase, improve the training. Um, or increase the, the time that I'm able to train by including uh, running in my commute time. And, uh, and then I'll come home from the massage clinic and my husband and I alternate who preps the meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, then I will, uh, so I'll come home from the clinic, prep the meals, we'll have dinner. Um, and then we'll, I'll usually chill out in front of the TV, in front of the TV for 30 minutes and then read before bed and go to bed at 8.30 to 9.30, and then the day sort of repeats itself. <laughs> so that's a little bit of how I uh, how I fit it all in. Mm-hmm. Then occasionally, you know, things that are out of routine will pop up. So I made dinner from 11 to 12 so that I can heat it up. I coach a swim, I actually coach a swim group tonight. So then I'll come home and then heat it up. And then the kids and I will, will uh, eat while my husband takes uh, his youngest to basketball and... <laughs> So we make it work, but it just requires a lot of planning ahead of time (laughs) and prioritizing the training. Do you like the schedule or do you think you would appreciate a little bit more time to just relax (laughs) and do nothing? (laughs) Yeah, well, it definitely needs to be broken up. I can probably Mm -hmm. maybe go like that for five days in a row. And then I need I need a day on the weekend to just chill out. So I usually now I started taking Sundays off. So I don't check email on Sunday. Um. If there's any work to be done, I'll try to get it done in the morning so that I have the rest of the day to just do my own thing, whether it's this past Sunday, we went out for a long bike ride. So yeah, usually I have to have every five, five or six, seven days, uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll make sure to, to protect that, that one day so that I have a little bit of a, a break so that I have the energy to go up and, and do it all again. <laughs> On Saturday, I'm actually heading out on a, a training camp in St. George, Utah for 10 days. So that will be a oh, nice wow. break from the, the regular schedule. <laughs> yeah. How often do you travel for these sort of training or um, races? In the winter, I like to get away twice a year to a better better climate because the winters are long. <laughs> and then racing, it all really depends. I think after this year, because I'll be going, I'll be going to St. George, Utah, and then I have a, an Ironman in June in Des Moines, Iowa. And then I'll be going to Hawaii for the world championships, hopefully. Yep. Um, but then next year, the plan is to race more locally and only go maybe maybe take two trips in the winter. We'll, we'll, we'll see what my husband says about that. <laughs> so you have been selected to compete in the uh, Ironman World's Kona, right? Yes. And that's where the best triathletes from around the world get together and race. Yes. Are you excited? Are you nervous? <laughs> you know what? It's it's one of those things where I've been training for this since October of 2019. I just can't like there's just going to be so much pressure on that start line because I've been I will have been training for it for 3 years that I really I I'm I'm just going to I'm trying to make it more about the journey to get to the start line than the race itself because as I talked about so many things can go wrong. And I really hope I have a good day, but at the end of the day, I can't get myself too focused on my, my placing, um, or how well I do, because that will just, I think, make me a bundle of nerves. (laughs) So I'm just trying to enjoy the process of getting there. Mm -hmm. How many more years do you think you'll keep on competing? I don't know. You know, 
the woman who beat me in Cosimo was 45. So she went like 912 or something like that. So, <laughs> so who knows? I'm going to go until I no longer have a, have a reason to do it. Well, you love it so much. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> so I'm not sure. The future is not very clear there. I don't have, I don't have any other big goals. I'd love to, yeah, may, maybe go back to school or improve my coaching credentials. Uh, you know, maybe eventually when I can't compete anymore, uh, really help the next person who's like me you know, yeah. reach, reach, reach the level that they want to get to. But, um, for me, I'm still, um, very much kind of focused on improving. Well, I wish you all the best at the, uh, world championship. And, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much. Miranda Tomlinson is a competitive triathlete and the owner of Tomlinson Performance and Wellness, specializing in triathlon coaching and massage therapy. You can check out her website at mirandatomlinson.com also, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google, and head over to cc-wang.com, that's S-I-S-S-I-W-A-N-G.com, for more interviews like this one, plus read about the guests you just heard and see pictures from the interviews. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Until next time. <laughs>